Does your health routine for the new year include eye care? Well, now that you can use your renewed vision benefits, it's easy to add it to the routine. Visit pearlvision.com and schedule exams for the whole family. They work with all major vision plans, including iMed, and they'll cover your cost of insurance copay or eye exam. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 331-2023. Exams available at the Independent Doctor of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, introducing the greatest top 10 show, The Movie Mount Rushmore, featuring the one AJ Anthony Jordan, the UK's favorite film critic, Nico Duro, the silver screen Doom. Hey, screeners, how you doing? It's myself, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. Happy Halloween! It's me too, Nicolero. I do that every year. Indeed, indeed, it is that time of year, folks. So obviously the Silver Screen dudes had to find a way of honouring Halloween. I'm going to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of horror. And it also what does, up? not because, I say this every time, not because it scares me, it's because it actually doesn't. I'm always trying to find that source material to give me something. And then... This is you definitely... This is definitely your subgenre, isn't it? This is definitely something you can, should we say, pun intended, sink your teeth into. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So that was a sigh of relief for me. It allowed me to open my eyes to a new category within there as well. I must admit, I've heard them. Been more of a TV series fan than a film fan when it comes to this, but I have seen a few, and I've seen a good few more, touched on a yeah. few again recently. So it was a, it was a nice experience. I was definitely all up for it i'll be real there's enough here that we could do three top 10 lists easily for sure for sure this subgenre is deep bro it is it is it is is. i have a feeling somewhere maybe even next year considering horror is not your thing and i don't mind regurgitating but this is definitely one of the topics we do that could lend itself to another top 10 dot 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 indeed indeed we can do that we can do that i did kind of say to myself you know what this excuse me, also allows me to expand by doing it in a subgenre way because then you get to find out what is really your wheelhouse in the subgenres, yep. if you would, or in the genre itself. So I was like, okay, this this was this was interesting and it was fun. Got some it's a lot of fun. I have to say, although I'm a massive horror fan, massive horror fan, as you know, if if we're talking about a subgenre of horror which involves monsters, I'm right there with you, bro. Vampires are Definitely my jam. Love vampires. There it is. It is. I like it. We've got like jam, which is red. Get your teeth into. Get deep. All these unintended puns around in <laughs> surrounding the vampire world. But yeah, I have no, to so say, it, it was, uh, mm-hmm. what what really surprised me is kind of two things. The the ones that I love still remain absolutely the ones that I love. But the list did give me an opportunity to see some movies which have been on my radar for a long time, but I've now finally seen it, which have made the list, which is cool. Really cool. Yeah, I kind of, so I got a chance to revisit some that you've just heard about for so many times. Okay. And some did make the list. Some just didn't. Um, I I don't want to say I've gone for the favorites in here, but there were some that I, to be honest, one I was like, okay, hadn't heard of it. It'd been around for a while. And I was like, okay. This is a banger, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a it was a good one. There's some very good stuff in here. Um, well, look at the risk of uh, the risk of sounding redundant. Happy Halloween! Should we get into it? 
Indeed, indeed, guys. So it is a bit early, but we record on a Sunday, so deal with it. <laughs> you listen to it on the 31st, if you wish, because this is the Halloween special. Okay, right, Nico, before we do get into it, would you like to intro this for anyone who's not heard this show before? Just a, just a small disclaimer on that. It's not our fault that this year Halloween falls on the following Saturday. <laughs> just off. Just off. Like, if it was the following Sunday, we'd be recording this on Halloween and releasing on Halloween. So, you know what? Time's a bitch. Don't blame the silver screen, dude. <laughs> Good old father time. Good old father time. This is it. Speaking of father time, you want to see father time? Oh, my God. I rewatched Vengeance 2001 last night. What? <laughs> Fuck, Ric Flair. That father time has not been kind to him. Holy Shit. No, no, no. I, I, that, I can attest to that. It's been... That is part of the time going full beast mode on someone. I was like, oh my God, that shit's coming for us. Oh, don't. I've been thinking about that one too many bits. The one too many times, should I say, in the recent time. And you think, hmm. You, again, you go back to something like that, 2001. And you're like, ah, 19 years ago. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to roll with the punches. Yep, yep, yep. Lord of the Rings is 20 years old this December. How's that for a fucking kick in the teeth? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Lord of the Rings. Actually, shout out to... Who was I talking to? Yes. My, my, my new friend Kirsty was talking to me about the um, Lord of the Rings. Two Towers fan. We went for a debate of what is the favourite. Big Lord of the Rings fan. But yes, the Two Towers was the one. I was like, you were right there with the Instagram crew. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, anyway, we're not here to do a Lord of the Rings podcast. So for those of you tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. If you are listening to the movie Mount Rushmore on iTunes, please be sure to write up a quick review, even if it's just one word, to say how much you like this podcast. If you're listening to us on our plethora of other podcast platforms, everything from Google Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Podchaser, Spotify, Spreaker, we are everywhere. iTunes also, as I just mentioned. Please leave a five-star rating, and if you don't like us, please leave a a double negative five-star. That gives us a five-star for those of you who are slow on math. Um, How does the movie Matt Rushmore actually work? Well, it works by growing, and you need to tell a friend to tell a friend about the movie Matt Rushmore podcast. I forgot to start that in there at the beginning, but yeah, please do help the growth. Please do tell people that we exist, and please, if you know people who enjoy movies and who like podcasts, just point them in our direction. They might really like it. Um, but how does the podcast actually work? AJ and I each get assigned a topic. We go our separate ways, and we come back into recording and and deliver to you. This other screen dudes our individual top tens. This week, I will go first, delivering my bottom three. AJ will deliver his bottom three. I will deliver my next two AJ will deliver his next two then we will trade one apiece if at any time while we are rounding off our individual top 10 lists one person has a movie in a higher position that person will say punt and we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the higher position once we have both rounded off our individual top 10s we will create the movie Mount Rushmore these are the four quintessential diverse must-see movies of the genre which this week is vampire movies yes yes I want to drink your blood well, that's the one. Okay. Okay, over to you, Nice, nice diverse list, actually, considering it's all kind of vampire stuff. But there's a lot to be had in vampires, and I'm doing that right off the bat. It's it's number 10 for a reason. It's, <laughs> it's deserving of a mention because it's so fucking out there. My number 10, number 10, Robert ten. Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino from Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, my number 10 as well. <laughs> my number 10 as well. <laughs> I, well yeah. Yeah, go with it. I'll let you run with it. It's just mental. I mean, 
I remember when I was a kid and prime time was still around. There's a throwback for you. And I remember seeing, I was up a bit past my bedtime and I remember seeing a trailer for this. And because, you know, young man at the time, I saw Selma Hayek, I saw boobs. I was like, oh, need to see that movie. <laughs> Funnily enough, never saw it. And it was one of those movies that for years and years and years and years and years, I never fucking saw. And all my association with it was gangster movie, boobs. That was young little boy inside of me going, but we need to see boobs, right? Then I finally see this movie. I must have been 17, 18. So I was quite late to the party. And halfway through the film, vampires. It's like, the fuck? What just happened? Because it doesn't... With a vampire movie, I feel you definitely have... There's a certain gothic tone to it. There's a certain... Yeah. element of isolation that runs through all of these movies for the characters, you know, because that's kind of inherently what being a vampire is about. It's a very, very isolationist living, isn't it? Um, there's definitely not an element of... Sorry? I said not so much in this one. Like they well, that's just it. This one, as a vampire movie, tonally, it is all over the place. As it is no element of isolation. It's not strong on the horror element. It's it's kind of like Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. Tarantino wrote it, by the way. Robert Rodriguez directed it, just to be clear on that point. Tarantino also stars along with George Clooney, Juliette Lewis, Harvey Keitel. Great little cast. But no, the, the premise of the film is very simple. Two gangster brothers are running away from the law. They pick up a family along the way, and they're going to meet the person who's meant to be paying them off at a bar called the Titty Twister. Again, love everything about that. They get to the Titty Twister. Selma Hayek... I think pretty much gives Quentin Tarantino the biggest hard-on of hard-ons he's had in his life, given that the man has got a well-documented foot fetish. And woman goes, one of the hottest women to ever live, just goes and sticks her foot in his mouth and pours whiskey down it. Now, if I'm Quentin Tarantino, I'm having a good day on set. Just saying. But then what happens in the movie, as she's toe-fucking his mouth, she turns into a vampire! And then the whole Titty Twister part turns into vampires. And it's B-movie vampire. And it's purposefully B-movie. And that kind of makes it cool. And it's, in pure Rodriguez fashion, hyper-violent. I mean, you've got a freaking vampire band playing a, a guitar that's made up of human limbs and skin. It's like, wow, we're going full B-movie here. You go, Robert. You do your thing. Yeah, um, I remember, so you think you were, I was major late, we were, Silver Screen Dudes had started by the time I finally seen this film, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it was that far in, and I was like, so I've heard of this, I've heard of this time to see what this is about, and at one point I was like, I've heard it's a vampire movie by this time, I'm like, okay, this looks like a gangster movie, what's going on, and then, as you said, it takes this ultimate twist, and you're like, excuse me? And they are just two very separate films just merged into one. And it somehow works. I remember at the time, like, what am I watching? But the more you yeah. give it time, the more you're like, given the directors and the writer, I'm I'm on board with this in its own weird way. So am I the biggest fan of From Dust Till Dawn? Probably not. But for its weirdness, as you said, and for the action, the moments that all come within it, it definitely deserves its mention. So... There's some very good moments, and I just say I would love to have seen George Clooney used more in this capacity in his career. Because you always play slick, suave, and cool inherently well, but I would have liked to see him do that more on the wrong side. 
yeah, with a bit of an edge, isn't it? It gives a bit more yeah. edge to his character. Yeah, I don't like being like George so much. Like him with an edge, like Ocean's Eleven, I like. Dust Till Dawn, I like. What was that one he did with um, Jennifer Lopez? Also Out based on the Ed book, Out of Sight. That, you yeah. know, that human criminal had a bit of an edge. I like George Clooney in that capacity. I wish he'd done more of it. Bit like Tom Cruise in Collateral. I wish he'd done more of that. Well, there you go. Which we will, Well, we'll be talking about the villain Tom Cruise a bit more, I'm sure. Yes, actually, good point. We will. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good point. Well caught. Um, that wasn't even intentional, so well caught. Right. <laughs> My number nine. So I have very mixed feelings about number nine. It's the first time I have ever seen this movie. This is Why do old. I have a feeling we're going to go for it again? Okay, this very old. Old film. Like, this is, I think, because when we did our... Our first ever live stream, I think I brought in at the time the oldest movie that had ever made the list, All Quiet on the Western Front, which was 1930. Right. This is pre-code. This is silent era cinema. This is 1922 Nosferatu. I'll be honest, didn't get a chance to revisit this one, but I remember studying it for uni. Uni, actually. Um... It's an interesting one. I, you, I am a bit hazy on it, so I will let you take the absolute. I'll be real. Let me start with the positives first. Every vampire movie, every vampire movie owes something to this film. It is okay. so fucking, like, brilliant for what it is in 1922 when you consider this is silent cinema. Like, there's no speech. So... Mm-hmm. And especially Francis Ford Coppola, who I know we're going to be talking about later, spoilers, but there's, oh, excuse me, there are so, so, so many things that he borrowed from in this movie, as did pretty much every vampire movie we're going to look at. In some way, they borrowed something from this movie. Like, this is, if Hulk Hogan is the granddaddy of wrestling, this is the granddaddy of vampire movies. It really is. Like, it all started here. Now, I'll also be real. The reason the film is called Nosferatu and not Dracula, and the reason their lead villain is called Count Orlock and not Dracula, is because the film couldn't get the rights to Bram Stoker's book. This is what I was going to mention. They just just told the Dracula story and redid the names a little bit. Like, all the major points are there. Like, you know, he's buying property. He's inviting someone to his castle. He's inherently interested by that special someone's love interest and tries to get jiggy with them. You know, all of the major Dracula plot points are here, you know, and they don't, I don't even think they really try and veil that. But No, I, you know, I think it's one of those things, especially of that time, cinema's there, you would get your inspiration from source material being yeah. the book. And they tried to release something and then it was like, oh, you don't have the rights to it. It's like, well, okay, I will just change the names. Okay, he's not Dracula. What? He's Warlock. <laughs> exactly. It's just it that. just sounds like Warlock. And, I mean, bro, this was one step away from calling him Alucard, which is Dracula's <laughs> This is literally one step away from that. I'm not even kidding. No, it is fundamentally groundbreaking, even more so given the constraints with which it was working Mm -hmm. under. Fun fact, they actually did a remake of Nosferatu by the legendary Werner Herzog, which came out in 1970. Yeah, Werner Herzog did it, I believe, in 1979. I personally haven't had a chance to see it. I'd be very interested to see that, because Herzog is a fucking genius. Um, 
But there are negatives to this film. It has, you have to appreciate, this film is two years short of being a hundred years old. Like, this has got some, and it shows, man. It shows. It is very, very much a product of its time. As a cinephile, I completely admire it and appreciate it as a timepiece. But I'm going to go off on a very, very relevant tangent here to all the art school knob jockeys who say that silent film is better. You're wankers. You are absolute (laughs) wankers. It is the wankiest wank thing to say that because I have now absorbed this thing. I have objectively been able to admire it and understand how much it has been influential. For that reason, it deserves credit. That's a, as a historical piece, as a form of actual entertainment. This thing was boring. <laughs> this thing was boring. I don't care that we've evolved beyond that and that we now need dialogue to make the story move forward. I'm, I'm a believer in the Hitchcock method of cinema. As I've said repeatedly, if you can show it instead of saying it, do it. That's all cool. But when the whole movie is fucking showing it, and it's like, God, get, please give me something that I can latch on to as a character. No, no, I'm just going to get intermittent lines of gothic sans bloody script. It's like, oh, my God. By the way, also, that gothic sans script annoyed the fuck out of me because it's really hard to read. <laughs> and I don't mean because I'm fucking illiterate or because I'm intellectually challenged. I mean, the fucking font is really it's hard to decipher. It's old fucking cinema reel footage. It's not the cleanest. And you're using a very, very challenging font. It's like that creative decision. I'm like, I get it because you couldn't do gothic music. I mean, you got the organ, the... but to make it more gothic, you use gothic sands. I get it. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. I mean, the more you talk, the movie is the reasons? boring. It is. I remember, boring, but at the same time, it is monumentally influential. So for that reason, it makes the list. And if you think silent movies better, you're a wanker. <laughs> I'm going to start with Nosferatu because of that's the one I remember going through at uni, and I remember some of the challenges that you're saying where I'm like, "This is dragon. <laughs> this is dragon. Hey, I appreciate it was meant to be, but this is dragon." The other side to it is, yeah, in in terms of silent movie. I appreciate the art. I'm not good, but you, with everything, there's evolution. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like saying, oh, we have to honor Thunderbirds as the greatest form of animation for children because of what it's done for strings and stuff like that. It's like, no, we've evolved past it. So let's just appreciate what it does. And that's what it is on that side. So also, 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 quick tangent. Speaking of children's animation, it's time for Animaniacs. They're back. Did you see that trailer? I'll be honest. I saw that you caught me at a time when I was doing something and I haven't actually had a chance to go back, but I did have this smile on my face. I was like, thank you, 90s. They're back. (laughs) And the brain with them. I was like, yes. This is big. This is big. This is what we need. These, these, these are the, and the fun that we need in life. And I'm, I'm happy. And they put a little millennial spin on the end. So you know how it always ended with, we're animani, totally insaney. And then Dot would come in with, a, is the show's namey or Pinky and the Brainy. You know, they'd always throw in something related to the show yeah. to make it rhyme and then finish. So this one went, we're animani, totally insaney, no mansplainy. Animaniacs! Very good. Very, very, very good. I approve of that. 
Well played. Well played. I am Joe Biden and I approve this message. Come on, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so you're number eight. My number eight. This might be one you haven't seen, but it stars James Woods. It's kind of a little hidden gem. John Carpenter's Vampires. Vampires? It's just John Carpenter's Vampires. It's no, I missed that one. It's kind of like two genres when they when they mix, you know. And this really fucking works. Like James Woods, who I am an unabashed fan of. I know he's all sorts of levels of batshit crazy, but I just (laughs) like watching him on screen. I don't mind if it's in Salvador, the specialist. I always like James Woods. I also think he's given one of the best voice performances ever as Hercu- as uh, Hades in Hercules. Just fucking gold. Um, no, James Woods fan right here. But, so John Carpenter, master of fucking horror, did Halloween, did the thing. You know, this is, again, this is one of the modern day OGs, this guy, right? So yeah. he did this film called Vampires, which is, it's got a Western feel to it, but I don't mean Western like, I don't mean full Ennio Morricone and Sergio Sergio Leone spaghetti Western cowboys and all that. I mean Western in kind of the way that Logan had a Western feel to it. Okay. Okay. That sort of Western vibe, you know, out in the big expanse, just like Logan. So it's got purposefully slow, but good, well-fitting pace. And, it's pretty fucking skin and bones, pun intended. Oh, sorry, pun not intended. James Woods is essentially just a vampire hunter. And movie opens with him raiding like a vampire, uh, like, I don't know what you'd call it, a hideout, for lack of a better word. They had a specific word for it, like a nest, I think they called it. Um, and their thing is they basically go into these nests full body armor, drive stakes through the hearts, the stakes are attached to string, and then the string yanks the vampires out into the sun. I was like, okay, <laughs> we're, we're double fucking in here. Okay. Now, there's no Dracula in this, but there is like a big lead bad motherfucker vampire. And this guy wipes out James Wood's entire fucking team. And then you have a revenge story of him going after this almighty, powerful motherfucking vampire. I also believe Alec Baldwin is in this. And if it's not Alec Baldwin, it's one of the Baldwins is in here with James Woods. Yeah, definitely in there. Um, And it's a revenge Western story of James Woods trying to get revenge for his team against this ever-growing army of vampires. And like with all vampire lore, you kill the main guy, the other ones, blah, blah, blah. Again, depending on which law you're following. But it, it, it's brutal, it's bloody, it's fun. It plays on the vampire uh, canonical law that you know and love. It's kind of got a unique take on the spin. It doesn't need to use the big bad Dracula name. It's... It's cool. It's cool the way the thing is cool, and it's cool the way that Halloween is cool. Calm down. This actually sounds quite interesting. It's good. Honestly, it's good. John Carpenter's Vampires. Check it out. Yeah, they've already taken note. Okay, and that was your number eight. See, over to you. Okay, right. So number ten was Dust Till, from Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. Number nine. This is one I was actually really hoping to see and was a bit let down by. 
I don't mm. know if it's going to make your list. The Lost Boys. I, bro, I saw this years ago and didn't like it. I, for all the hype that was there and for all the influences that people talk about, I was like, I'm really hoping to see something. And I'm, I'm not sure if I even made this on the list just because of all the hype. And I was like, well, I need to mention it. Because I was like, well, having a populist vote sometimes, mate. You do you. But I was just like, where, where's the hype? It, it wasn't so much that it would fall into worse, but I was like, where is the hype? There was, right. I get that there meant to be this this whole cool, edgy kind of vampires, but they just mm. didn't deliver on that, is, is the way I felt it. They they played on some rules. Um, since I've watched Stand By Me and then I've seen this film, Corey Feldman has a supreme weird way of annoying me. Oh, really? <laughs> this angry kid that he plays... And I'm not I'm not touching on anything in like the whole personal story that happened outside of that. I'm just talking about the character he plays, where it's always meant to be this kind of dare I say macho esque type. Yeah, I'm angry. And yes, we're vampire hunters. I was just like, no, I'm not so sold on it. So it plays on this whole thing of vampires in the real world. They're meant to be really cool and edgy. And I I I tried to really put myself in the 80s to be like, would I have found them as mega cool as I was? And then I had the other guy from Bill and Ted who wasn't Keanu Reeves have like this mm. weird part. I'm like, I recognize your face. I'm like, oh, you're Bill or Ted. And I, I got into some of the mystique of what they've done along the, oh, that's not rice, it's maggots. And, you know, that kind of part. And there were certain laws that they played on that I was like, okay, the whole inviting into the house. But it's like they came, they give you answers to stuff, then try to take you away from it, then bring back, well, no, actually you were right. Like it was meant to be a double spin. But it just didn't play up to it. You're kind of like, I didn't change my opinion on that. <laughs> so, like, in terms of cool status, in terms of paying attention to the law and putting a spin on it, yeah, it was fun. But for the hype of what Lost Boys is entirely, I was like, guys, okay, you've got people hanging out, hanging upside down like vampires. You see the face morphing. Um, yeah, but, but so here, here, you just touched on my issue with it here, actually, because. I've and we're, when we get higher up my list, I'm going to bring this back. I think when you're going for a specific tone in a movie, you have to, you, you can't just throw the fucking kitchen sink at the project. You know, it's like I know vampires are noted for hanging upside down, but don't do it if it doesn't necessarily fit the film just for doing it. And I was like, the moment I saw them hanging upside down, I was like, yeah, no, 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 not in a teeny angst vampire movie. Even Do you know what? I, don't know what you, that, I know what you mean. But for me, it was like, I, I kind of get it. Like you're trying to stick to the law. It also made me stop and think. Pick your when, is what I'm saying. You know, like when, when the film started, I saw Joel Schumacher, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> I was hoping to defend it because I remember when I told you about falling down. You're like, I've seen Joel Schumacher. I don't think I'm sold, and I was really hoping that I would be on the vein of ah, you see, Joel Schumacher can do good, no. and then I was like. Nah, this one did, wasn't what I wanted for me. They did have some cool scenes, like you know where they're under when they first convert the guy as a vampire, and they've got the train scene, and they're, they're yeah, floating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some cool parts to it. There are some cool bangs, but then overall, it just didn't deliver. It had everything that you needed to make it a good '80s movie, but in mm. terms of the and had it not been for the whole wow factor of oh my god, Lost Boys, the cool gang, I just. Yeah, I could have enjoyed it a bit more, but for the hype that Lost Boys has had, I was like, nah, not for me. So that's where it fell for number nine. Right, in at number eight, I know this is going to be a punt, 
so I'm, I'm just going to say the name and we'll move on. What we do in the shadows. Not as big as you think, but punt, and I'm glad you've seen it. Fair enough. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. My number seven, I have a feeling this could be the one you were alluding to at the top of the show when you were like, oh, it's actually a banger. Um, really cool take on the vampire genre. Um, it's called Daybreakers. No, missed that one as well. Well, excellent. Honestly, this, I, I rewatched it. I'd already seen it years and years ago. This is one of the vampire movies I saw when I was out in Thailand. It's not a Thai movie. We just saw it out there. And it's on Netflix at the moment. I rewatched it. And um, it really, really does hold up well, weirdly enough, especially now. Let me elaborate. So it's got a good cast. You've got the likes of Sam Neill, who plays like the head honcho bad vampire, which, can I just say, fucking works. Sam Neill is awesome. You've got Willem Dafoe and you've also got Ethan Hawke, who's the main focus of the story. The story is this. The world is vampirical. The whole population is essentially the world. The Earth is now a vampire planet. Okay. Okay. You know, it's a future and it's not, and it's dystopian, but not because anything bad has happened other than the fact that there are too many vampires and there's not enough blood to sustain them. It's kind of cyberpunky in its design, you know, so very, very futuristic in some aspects, but also very, very of our time in others. So, the kind of melange of tones is actually really nice in this. Ethan Hawke plays a doctor and uh, a doctor who's working for Sam Neill. And essentially he's tasked with finding a blood substitute, you know, so that the vampires can continue to live. Now, what they do here, which is really, I thought, interesting playing on the law. You know how the vampires turn into either full bats or they have those kind of, you know, monstrous yeah. bats biped apparitions right so they've brought that into that but you become one of these monstrous bat-like man bat things when you don't get enough human blood they start to evolve and become these they they call them underdwellers i believe so it's a nice take on that and it's also nice that okay we're not living in a world where vampires are in secret vampires are society right humans are the ones living in secret but then he meets willem dafoe now willem dafoe was a vampire and they're all wondering like how's there a was how's there a was and so it's ethan using his doctoring his terrible word sorry his doctoring (laughs) using his knowledge of biology there we go good english nico using his knowledge of biology and willem dafoe's personal experience to try and find a cure to vampirism but what he doesn't balance out is the fact that he wants the cure because he was never on board with being a vampire. Most of the people who are vampires actually really like being vampires. So you've got this weird kind of humanity, read vampire, vampire manity is on the brink of collapse because no blood. You've got the last remaining humans being used in blood baths, you know, and I appreciate it's not the first time in history we've seen humans used as an energy source enter the matrix. Um, and it, it, bro, the design of the bloodbath is very, very much like the battery fields in the Matrix. So I was like, well, th- that's fine. You're not stealing. Here I can see your inspiration. I, I, that's fine. Yeah. But it's really fucking cool as a message to be like, what ends will humanity go to in order to survive? Um, what happens when you 
ignore scientific fact. There's all sorts of cool shit going on with this movie. And it's masked by being a vampire movie. It's cool. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that one. I'm good with that one. Sorry. And it's a quick one, too. It's like an hour and a half. Okay, cool, cool. Sorry, it, it, this isn't podcast-wise. Your mic is switched on, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do you know what? It could be the sound. It just sounded slightly distant compared to the other times, but it could be the computer I'm oh, using. It's a different computer. XLR cable issue, please. No, 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 no. It's not on that side. It's not on that side. It's, I just wanted to make sure you'd switch on mic. So you're, yeah, you're yeah, coming no. through. It's not that word are cutting. Yeah, no, that's cool. It's just, it could be the speaker, different speaker. Just sounds slightly different. That's all. <laughs> okay, right. And that was your number seven. That's that was David, my yeah? number seven. Yeah, and my number six was the punt from just now. What we do in the shadows. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I had fun with it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's all it's meant to be. It's meant to be stupid. The office style mockumentary meets vampire meets Taika yeah. Waititi's comedy, and it's yeah. fucking gold. It's just gold. By the way, side note, and I cannot fucking recommend this enough. There is a BBC series called What We Do in the Shadows. So I've seen. So I've seen. It is. It is. I was so against watching this because I was like, really? We're doing a fucking cheap tie-in to what is essentially the the cult vampire comedy. Because, you know, Taika Waititi's first ever movie, blah, blah, blah. And then you find out that Taika Waititi's an executive producer on it. And then you find out that he's actually directed some of the episodes. And then you find out that it's got some of the cast from, that actually in some episodes, all of the cast from the movie. And they've oh, brought no. in people like Tilda Swinton and Dave Batista and Evan Rachel Wood. And I was like, hang on, what the fuck? <laughs> so I got really into it. And bro, I cannot, cannot, cannot speak highly enough about this series. If you like the movie, go and enjoy the series. I did see it come up when I was actually looking for the thing and I was like, huh? What? No, this it's doesn't say Taika Waititi. And I was, like, it was, I was like, no, but I was like, I need to see the film. This isn't the type kind of thing. But I was like, oh. It kind of warped your mind a bit because there were points where I was like, this could be funnier than the fucking movie. But balance wise, no. Yeah, it's as funny. It's every bit as funny. That I won't back down on because it's Taika Waititi. It's him doing his thing, you know? It, it's his yeah. realm of comedy. Um no. And because you're getting more of it, you're getting, as a result, more laughs. So obviously your brain tells you, ha-ha, more laughing, it's funnier. It's like, it's not, it's just the movie's more condensed with what we do in the shadows. The series, you're getting just getting more of it. But if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows, guys, and this could be one which our listeners haven't heard of, it's a New Zealand movie. It's as B-movie low-budget as you like. It stars Michael Wittenty and is also directed and written by him and Jermaine Clement. And... It's kind of that fly-on-the-wall office documentary style where they basically set up the movie perfectly. A camera crew is following around these three vampires who are, one of them in particular, is having very much, I guess you would call it an existential crisis, you know, coming to terms with, what the fuck is actually being a vampire? But then you realise that these guys, they're no different to us. They're not like, I want to drink your blood. They're like, okay, guys, can we have a house meeting now? So, you know, the dishes, they haven't been done. And and they balance out vampires getting, you know, pissy and angry with the But over stupid things like, you know, when you're going to drain someone's blood, please put toilet there. Please put the newspaper down. Newspaper. It's really disgusting. <laughs> it's like, fucking, yeah. 
sense. And if you think about it in a modern context, these probably would be the same ways we've all kind of become boring as a people and we've all learned to play it safe, which we have, you know, I mean, when we all do cool stuff, don't get me wrong, but we've definitely, you know, as we become more woke and more politically correct, we've definitely started to err on the side of caution with pretty much everything, right? And these vampire movies, uh, these vampire characters are very, very much going through the same thing. You know, instead of being like, how do we fly from Transylvania to drain the blood of the peasants in the village? It's like, you know, we should really do the dishes and we should put down newspaper when we're going to drain someone. But they also play on all the cool things like, you know, blood of the virgins tastes better and stuff like that. They've got the whole... <laughs> they've got the whole... Oh, it's great. They've got I, the whole vampires versus the werewolves. There's so yeah. much going on with this film in terms of vampire lore, but it's all purposefully downplayed for the sake of comedy, and it, it but, just works. But they, it, again, they, you know, you, you, t- you say that, then it has the certain things like challenges such as a um, reflection, no reflection. So it's kind of difficult to know how we're addressed. So we have to rely on each other and stuff like that. And they're drawing a picture to kind of give a hint of what they look like. And, you know, just stuff like normal jealousy, like, oh, I want to go to this club, but he can get us into this one. And it's like, <laughs> if you were to be able, you know, in a world where people don't really believe in vampires and you were to suddenly get the power, what would you do? Would you show it off? Would you keep quiet? All of these little bits that they played with and the rules and, you know, oh, they, it, it was well done. It was well done. At first I was like, what has he asked me to see? And then before, <laughs> right? I'll tell you what bit that had me, and honestly, it was, it, it, it was the level of stupid that you just couldn't help but laugh at was when, yeah. um, I can't remember his name, but the one who was the Nazi vampire was trying to do his erotic dance for the other two. And you were like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what, Vlad the Poker? <laughs> I know, yeah. I was Vlad the Poker. Uh, uh, this was my torture chamber. I was in a very dark place when I used to use this, but uh, I don't use it. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Fucking loved it, man. And bro, if, if you got laughs out of the stupidness, for the love of God, watch the BBC series. Each episode's short, 20, 22 minutes. It's easily consumable. And then you'll find yourself binging the motherfucking hell out of it. And but there's one fucking episode, I won't spoil it for you, but where they're fighting one of the werewolves in the BBC show. It is one of the stupidest and funniest things I, I mean I have seen for an age. An age. Oh, I'll give it a shot because I mean I don't mean bit. like I don't mean like gentle <laughs> chuckles. I mean <laughs> you know, cacophonic Jimmy Carr level laughter. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm down. I'm down. Because I did have fun with it. Well, do you accept? You know, even the bits like um, we had an agreement. I well, like. I, I believe I'm passing my prime now. Like, when are you going to make me a vampire? Like, <laughs> so much great stuff from this. Right. Okay. So yeah. No. What we do in the shadows definitely. That was your number six. Yeah. Yes, sir. It was my number eight. Right. In at number seven, I brought this up last time. We were talking uh, movies with locations and the name. This is Eddie Murphy, Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah, I really wanted to catch this one. I still haven't had a chance to watch it, which annoyed you know what? me. I had, I had a bit of a chance to just touch up on it because I know I was so shady as hell. Basically, the story is Vampire Survival. So it has. it's actually directed by Wes Craven, which I saw in the title. I was like, oh, 
like written by Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy, and someone else. So they, you know, it has this moment. But essentially, the whole story is is that when vampires were being run out, the Nosferatu's, as they're called, you know, it, it gives it a vampire break. And basically, once they were being chased out by civilians, vampires went one of these. They either went to Romania and Transylvania <laughs> that way, or they went like like me because he's got a bit of a Caribbean accent. <laughs> um, he goes over to the um, Bermuda Triangle. So what's happened is is what? that the vampire. <laughs> It explains the darker skin. It's like that. That's what. Not that they get a tan, but yeah. So some certain vampires went that way. So man once again have discovered the vampires in near the Bermuda Triangle and wiped them out, and he's the only one left. And his new thing now is that he wants to find the last female descendant, and that's what brings him from wherever he was. You never see him in Bermuda Triangle. He just tells you the backstory. And that's okay. why he's now come over I'm just to vampires smoking a big ass Caribbean <laughs> joint. Hey man, what one ready blood, man? <laughs> ready blood clap. Racially profiling and stereotyping, and for that I apologize. I appreciate that not all Caribbean good. people smoke joints. AJ is a prime uh, example of that. Well, there you go. No, no, no. But like, no, you can imagine this. Kind of like what we do in the shadows. Though. There has to be one of them who gets a bit lean. <laughs> it's not going to say all of them, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what it is. And it just, it's essentially him coming down to Brooklyn because he's looking for the last descendant to continue the vampire race. But with that, there are all the jokes on vampire law. He converts man into his ghoul. You will be here to do my bidding during the day and be my servant during the night. <laughs> it's literally just the normal fun that you would get, but with, you know, the Eddie Murphy twist to it. And it's mm. very much like films we will be going on to. It's that whole pining for that woman and ways to try and convince her and someone else on the other side. On this side, they're not in a relationship. They're two cops working together and it, you know, it makes her look like she's crazy because she, at one minute, she's seen a coffin. They look back, this garden. You know, it's all these little parts, but it's played really well. And, you know, there's all those parts of making a guy become your ghoul, which is essentially like a zombie. You know, at one point, it feels really cool. And, oh my God, I've got these powers, man. But then it's like, his ear starts dropping off. His body starts decaying. He's like, you never told me about this, man. <laughs> you know, you, you get all these little fun parts out of it. But no, definitely worth a watch. So yeah. that was Vampires and Eddie yeah. Murphy. I still don't know why I haven't seen it, to be honest. Hey, you know. bro, it happens. It happens. Right. Okay. In at number six. See. This is a remake, if you would. But it's a remake. It's one of many remakes. But I had to bring it in. We're bringing it to the UK. We're going Hammer Horror. We're going Dracula from 1958. So Horror of Dracula, yeah? Yeah, hor- but it, over here it was Dracula. In the States it was called Horror of Dracula, but yes, that is... Okay, that's, this is my number five. Yeah, fair enough, right. We, we can talk about it one, one step apart. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So to me, it was it, it was fun. I it, it, It's great. There were certain spins in the fact that Mina is now not the one. She's married to somebody else. He's right. looking for... Lucy's the one. Yeah, exactly. Lucy is. It was. Yeah, it, I was like, "Huh, Lucy? You, you thrown me here. You thrown me here." And what was oh, really funny? Like, Mark is a full-fledged vampire hunter. I was like, "Okay." I know you've got the whole diary, which seemed beginning, and then it's like, "Now is my chance. I will get the beast Dracula." But whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, real estate. Yeah, <laughs> and you're a librarian now. Even those parts, it worked. What didn't? I also did watch the 1939 one again, which nearly made the list. Was that on your list? No. Okay, cool. Right, so I'm free to talk about it. 
That one was cool. And again, they played with the laws of vampire, but it was a lot of like iron pillars and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, evolution came along. When you came to this one, it was cool. What made me really laugh though, watching back, I completely forgot about this, was you're in Castle, (laughs) you know, in Transylvania and all of that, but you are the most British man that could ever come across. Hi, Mr. Harker. <laughs> Literally no attempt on remaining an accent at all. The whole thing. And you're like, oh, so they've actually left Hello, Pennsylvania. My name is Welcome to my castle. <laughs> well, good evening, Jack. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Even the restaurant, like... <laughs> to the restaurant, like, oh, you received it. Oh, the letter that sent to me by that gentleman. Yes. Speak no more, girl. <laughs> but it just kind of freaked me out. Like, this was just so, so British. You might as well have just been in, like, Castle Hertfordshire, you know? <laughs> what the hell? Like, you, we haven't really left the realm. But for all of that, I always go back to the Hammer Horrors, and I, it needed that mention because as much as these films are meant to have a really dark twist, it has quite a lot of colour because they're now it still brings a certain something to it. The way they play on the elements of... Bro, they're brilliant. They're I brilliant. It's your six, my five for a reason. They're damn good films. They they deliver. And, you know, I'm not... I mean, we all know. But even the way they work on how sunlight, and, you know, what it does to a vampire. That ending! That was awesome! Very, very well. I was like... <laughs> like revisiting it, I, I I had a lot of fun into it. The certain rules of don't open the window, like everything that you wanted to to get from a film, it gives it to you. Yeah, to be honest, it just aged. I think that stops it from where it was. I'm surprised you haven't touched on the actors, mate. Because I mean, you've obviously got Christopher Lee playing fucking yeah, Dracula. Of course, Lee, like, you, like, you know who Peter Cushing is, right? Of course. Yeah, good. Well, I know from... Go on, go. What what is it you're trying to say? So, okay, we all know who the fuck Peter Cushing is. If you don't know it, it's Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars, okay? It's just cool seeing him play Van Helsing. Did you pick up on who his compatriot was? Are you talking Michael Goff? Yeah. (laughs) Alfred? Bro, I remember watching it and I was like, Michael, God, I know that name. That's yeah, my yeah, Alfred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that mind you, um oh, what's his name? And you can hear yeah, the well, Alfred in him, can't you? You can really yeah. hear the Alfred in him. Master yeah. Bruce, I mean Count Dracula, you can <laughs> hear it. That was yeah, all kinds of awesome. Bad. Come again? Bats, bats, it's all the same. <laughs> I just thought that he was just, he, he loves his bats, no matter which way you look at it. Yeah. He was able to, you know, he, that's what he does. But no, yeah, no, I mean, the, the cast was stellar. In, in terms of performance, they really bring it as well, you know, even down to the maid who, for what she does, like, follow, one time she doesn't follow the rules, and then she does follow the rules. Like, yeah. I'm just paying attention to what was told to me. Like, honestly, I, yeah, it was and really, it was really funny. Thing where he's actually hiding, it's like, Loved it. I mean, yeah, yeah, fair play, fair fucking play. If I was yeah. him, I would probably do that too. Yeah, yeah, 
But no, I, I sure. thought the pacing was good. I thought the, I thought the tone, which is something we haven't really talked about as being consistent up until now, was consistently gothic. It was not scary, but creepy. Um, there were moments of general, genuine tension in it. It, it was just For like, sure. you know what? I don't care that you're regarded as a B-movie. It's not the first time we've said this on this list, but you know what? Tick, 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 tick. This is all good. It ticks all the boxes. As I said, for something that's meant to be essentially dark, and yes, you could tell day from night. I'm not that, you know, we're not that stupid, but it's very bright in colour, if you would. But it still sets its tone perfectly. It's red effectively. That's what I like, like the inside of his cape being red. There's all these, like, little sort of... I mean, they're very on the nose. I appreciate that. But all of these, like, oh, look, blood, red, you know, but it's very much a product of its time. It throws the pastiche at you, but it kind of embraces that. And while being pastiche, what balances that out well, the acting performances are really good. They're not ham fisted. Like the actors are actually committed in this role. Like, yeah. Peter Cushing's not there to write a check. He's legitimately fucking good as fans. No, they're doing their bit. They're doing their bit, for sure. Like, they're they're giving a proper one. fucking performance here. They're not going in, a, oh, this is a Hammer B movie. Fine, check, please. I'm gone. You know, they haven't yeah. checked out here. This, they, these are good performances. Yeah. And and, th- and they, they build the world really well. Like, the little things, like the scenes in the tavern where he, where the, the maid slides him the note and stuff. And I'm like, all this is working for me. This is good. Yeah. And I was about to say that. It is those small bits. Because even when you said, no, I was just catching in, the sub-characters who really mm. would maybe be not seen once and never again really deliver. It just it sets the tone. You just know there's unease, but we don't talk about it. But it's there. There's something funny. It, it works perfectly. Worked perfectly. So it's a great film. So that was great your film. six, my five. Over to your five. Yep. Okay, <laughs> had to bring this one in for sure. The Daywalker himself, Blade. That's my number four. <laughs> okay, we're, we're in sync here, we're in sync. How many times have we brought up Blade? What is need to be said about Blade? Blade, the comic book movie that people did not know was a comic book movie. The one the that had the world movie, The comic book movie people didn't know that they wanted. It's so fucking cool, this film. Cool. Cool, and I, you know what? I nearly toyed with Blade One or Two, and I was like, "No, no, no, let's let's go no, to the." No, 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 no. There's no And like, now nah, one Blade, Blade just opened the world to something. As you said, it made it cool. It, it gave it edge, it, an edge we didn't realize that was missing in vampire movies. Um, the, the 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 fact that you can have a vampire hunter who is a vampire or part vampire. I'm not going to say he is a vampire, but part vampire. Oh, forgot to tell you, Wesley Snipes is also in what we do in the shadows, the TV series. They brought him Wesley. They actually bring him in and they're like, can we bring in the Daywalker, please? And he's actually there. I was like, oh my fuck. I will. Uh, how many seasons are there? Told you, hasn't it? How many seasons? Sorry? How many seasons are there? I, I, bro, I'm only on season one for the time being and he's already appeared. All right, cool. I'm 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 down. I'm down. I'm not, I was just I was just getting ready to binge, but that's it. No, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with it. It sounds it sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So let's bring that on for sure. But no, go <laughs> back to Blade. This is I think the best that Wesley has ever been. Now, I know he's done other stuff like Your Money Trains and whatnot, but in terms of action, really easy though. Blade was no. something. 
he is unleashed in this movie. It's like he's given full reign to be brooding and angry and cool. And my God, do they put his martial arts abilities to good use here. Yeah. He's so quick. He's so fucking quick. quick. It's terrifying. Yeah. No, he he, he brings his A game. Stephen Dorff brought Deacon Frost to life. Brilliant. He, He gave you a villain to... Yeah, he, he gave you a villain that was chilling and, you know, but at the same time, also cool. Like, there, there's nothing uncool about Blade, you know, even the methods of which they found ways, you know, again, you take vampire law, certain things that do work, what don't work, what have you, and mm-hmm. even something down to garlic, how you would use that as, you know, part of it's your spray. thing. The, war, right. the spray. All of these things that are like, of course, that that is the way. It's not like just you know bringing out your your garlic necklace and be like, oh, stay away, vampire. No, no, no. They they, they gave it edge and Perfect. No crosses, they're bullshit. That doesn't work. Sunlight (laughs) kills them. Still, you know, stake in the heart, that'll kill them. Slice their head off, that'll hurt them. Yeah. It's like they played on the law that we all know. They brought it modern. They put a comic spin on it without going full comic book. They rated it 18, which I'm sorry. This is why I'm the only reason I'm worried about the Mahershala Rali version. Blade needs to be violent. This is this is a problem. This is a problem is that there are many things that need to be dare I call it non Disney Plus. <laughs> you know, yeah. there are yeah, things yeah. that need Big that time. bit of edge. They need that Big bit time. of edge to them to be what they are. And Blade most definitely especially with what people have been treated to and what you've who you've cast, like you you're ticking all the boxes. Expectation, you've kind of been like, oh, now we do have someone who can replace Wesley. Now you know you're giving me something to buy into. By the way, that's Speaking of comic books and Disney Plus and people replacing, did you? This isn't confirmed. This is heavy rumor, but from reliable sources, not not fucking JoeBlogs.com. I'm talking. This came from Variety. Have you heard who the front runner is to play Wolverine? It's is not it, my boy. Okay, no. boy. No, I haven't actually. Go. Greatest action star of all time, Mr. Keanu Reeves. Works. Work, work, works, works, works. He's got the beard, he's got the physique, he's got the moves. Works. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Let's. I don't. I... I'm going to be talking Keanu very shortly, but um. Really? Keanu, Keanu delivers. Yes. Okay. Well, I've forgotten something then. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> fucking moron that I am. There's something about his actual acting sometimes that I'm like, mm. not the best. Not no, no, the best. He no, is no, no. an action character. When you get him doing character pieces, when you get him whooping ass, yes, very I'm looking for from Wolverine, but there's also the other side that. He needs a bit of character and a bit of edge. And don't get me wrong, he's done well as John Wick, but Hugh Jackman was able to give the cocky side of Wolverine as well as the action side. I need Keanu to deliver that side as well of Wolverine. Oh, come on. You can't see him laying eyes on Jean Grey for the first time and just saying, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because when you said him laying eyes, I was was literally going to jump in. I thought, let me see what he's about to say. And it was that, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. As you can just see him coming out with the, with the claws come out for the first time, like, 
pretty cool. <laughs> well, I've got about 25 minutes left for this episode, bro, so I'm going to yeah. stop the tangents yeah. and rush rush into it. But yeah, but, Blade, fucking brilliant film. All kind of awesome. All kind of awesome. So yeah, no, that's the one. It, it gave you a new spin on vampires and the vampire hunting. Loved it. So let's go with that one for sure. What, that was my number five. My number four was Keanu Reeves, actually. Dracula. Oh, that's a pun. That is a pun. Dracula, no right? Bram Stoker's yes, Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pun. Cool. No problem. Over to you. Your number three. We're going to say pun. Interview with the vampire. No, my number three. Oh, is your number three? Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go? What is your number one? Hmm. I hope you've seen it. I I I at least came across it. It's an old film, old-ish, eighties, but I actually had real fun no. with it. Shouldn't have no, given it away so easily. Fair play, fair play, fair play, fair play. Um, yeah, interview with the vampire. It's part of the Mary. It's part of the Mary Shelley vampire chronicles um, saga. There's only really one that's worth seeing, like Queen of the Damned. Blah. I heard it was all kinds of bad. I did. I have it ready to watch, but I knew it wasn't going to make the list because I remember people hating that. No, 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 no. Um, they've turned Lestat into a broody little emo teen, and it's like, oh fuck, really? Shit, no. And the thing is, is that do you know with the way it, this film ends? And I'm not getting into it. We'll go about the story later. But I was like, is there a part two? When I saw part two and it said Queen of the Damned, I was like, huh? <laughs> like, don't call them part two. In book wise, yes. Film wise, no. Like no, no, no. <laughs> they they were very separate from the movie. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Interview with the vampire. If you haven't seen it, now we all know the vampires are very old creatures. That's kind of one of their things. Immortal life and all that. Curse to walk, walk the earth in the shadows. Blah blah blah. Brad Pitt is a vampire in this movie, and he's a very very good vampire. I'd like to add. And he's a very good guy. Yeah, he's essentially a good vampire. He's a reluctant vampire, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he's kind of entrapped, but not in a I'm going to drink your blood kind of way. Kind of, yeah, just just lured into a corner. Christian Slater, who's a uh, reporter, to basically chronicle his life story. And that's what the film is. It's how he went from being working on a plantation to being turned. Owning a plantation, sorry, to, um, you know, to being turned into a vampire by, you know, the big bad himself, Lestat, played by Tom Cruise, and the relationship that they have. And Lestat, Lestat is the quintessential vampire. He oozes debonair. He oozes sophistication. He oozes aristocracy he's the he's the, like the quintessential vision of bram stoker's version of uh, of a vampire you know mm-hmm. very very upper class very chic very elegant very sexual all of those things that make up vampires lestat has in bundles and the first part you sort of getting on board with lestat making him a proper vampire because brad pitt as i said fucking reluctant vampire like he'd sooner munch on rats than he would on um yeah he, would he, he avoids the, the actual it's not that he hasn't done it but he avoids it at all costs really yeah yeah he'll go for blood to that survive will, yeah yeah that obviously doesn't last you know that things happen <laughs> i won't give away the major points of those things but you know you throw in 
Kirsten Dunst as a child vampire. You throw in fucking Antonio Banderas as the first Latino vampire we've ever had, and that was awesome, man, playing Armand. And they go on this insane journey together, both together and independently, through the ages, all the way from plantation slavery times, all the way up to modern day. And it is it's quite an odyssey. And it, yeah. it's, it, it's a fascinating story of loss, of remorse, of of long wishing, it's it's almost a romanticized vampire movie, but without ever being a romantic movie, if that makes sense. Right, that is exactly it. So whereas um, what we do in the shadows gives you that time scale travel element um, that you just know that they've been around forever. Interview with the vampire just shows you from the beginning and into modern time, and I just found it really well sort out it was a perfect way it, it delivers on so well for time traveling a relationship between people in that time love it oh, great film big time it's like a fucking vampire odyssey it's it's isn't it just it's just great um right okay so that both of our number threes and as, as i said before i'm really struggling to guess what your number one could be mm-hmm. i know for a fact you've left off my number two because it's you and i'm okay if you say i'm wrong here Fucking awesome. Um, it's a Swedish film. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> it's my number two as well. Let the right one in. Indeed. How Indeed. fucking good is this film? Do you know, do you know what? And it, it was really weird, actually. I'm, well, you, as you know, it's a Swedish film. You don't really get the... I couldn't find it. And I nearly found one that had a Duolingo. But I actually saw it in Swedish with the subtitles. Same really awesome then did you know there's an english remake or american remake really so i i was just i was just checking and to see like a list of films that i might have missed and what came up was um they were like one of the few foreign remakes or remakes of a foreign film that doesn't do it an injustice to capture the soul of the swedish version now, what's fascinating, I think, about the Swedish version is that, yeah, it's definitely a vampire movie, but it's a movie about pain. It's a movie about, you know, isolation, all things that are definitely paralleling to what vampires go through. But, but not from not a vampire through a vampire. It's a movie about child angst, but not in a stupid fucking slice my wrists emo type of way. But it just coincidentally happens to have a vampire in it. That's what I thought was so fascinating by it. Like, if guys, if you have not seen this film, I implore you, do not go and watch Let Me In, the American remake. It's fine, but it's so subpar. Let the right one in. And I actually found out this is the first ever Swedish vampire movie. There's never been one before. Interesting. So I give major kudos to the the director for that because he didn't have anything to go off. He wasn't working off of anything. So match respect on that. But no, it centers around a character called Oscar, who's, he's what, he's 12? He's a bit of a social recluse. He's, um, he's, he's 11 or 12, I can't remember the exact age, but it's, yeah, so it's, yeah. He's, pre- he's pre-puberty, he's a bubby, you know? Yeah. He's young, young. But, you know, he's, um, he's a kid at school who's bullied. He's a little bit socially awkward. He's not a bad person in any way, shape or form, as often happens to people who are being bullied are not bad people. And, you know, he does not have any friends and he gets picked on as a result for that. And, and he, what you can see is through the bullying, you can see how the torment is what he wants to do, but what he can't do. So he's always there, you know, 
with his knife and it's a bit of a dare I say a bit of a taxi driver moment isn't it like are you, I'm gonna make you squeal are you talking to me da, 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 da. like you could see how he's taken out his vengeance on inanimate objects really to avoid it it's just the only way to channel the anger that's going through yeah completely and then one night he's you know he's out because he, again he's got no friends he doesn't feel particularly comfortable at home um, and I thought actually side note I thought the way they built his home life so subtly was 10 out of 10 yeah because my first gut instinct is you know when kid, a lot of the time when kids are like that there's usually it's usually a problem with the father not with the mother right and then i see the initial relationship with the dad i'm like okay you're losing me a bit here because actually the relationship with the dad looks good and then that scene happens and it's like okay it's not so fucking on the nose and obvious i like that very good but no, back that back on point it's um <laughs> He, he he comes across completely randomly as a perchance a fucking encounter with a vampire. I imagine would be pretty random. <laughs> he's outside playing with his with his Rubik's cube, and then just this girl, his age, appears out of nowhere without giving you know major you know emotional beats away. It turns out she's a vampire, and they form this fascinating bond that is. Never far-fetched. It, I mean, if you, you obviously you have to swallow the pill of she's a vampire, but we're talking about a fucking top 10 list of vampires here. Get on board or get up. <laughs> um, but they form this unlikely bond that is so sweet, but it forms so organically and so naturally. And, you know, what's lovely is that it's almost a symbiotic relationship because they each bring something to the other's life. You know, he brings a warmth and a, and a care for her that she hasn't had, you know, vampires live a long time, that she hasn't had for a very, very, very long time. And in return, she teaches him to stand up for himself. She teaches him about courage. She teaches him about self-respect. So there's a very, despite the fact that one of them isn't technically alive anymore, there's a very, very core human believable relationship happening between the and two you of them. know what i like is that, is that you can see the warming in it between them is that you know when there's a certain chemistry because when they first meet the first line is we can't be friends yeah you know and yeah. what builds from that is something so much deeper and tighter right? and what i also like is where you talk about that dependency when it comes to vampirism in this film it's very much like louis in interview with the vampire it's mm. it's a way of life it's not like you know it's not ah uh, i i just kill for the fun of it you can see that when these moments happen you know um it is it's out of necessity it's not it's not pure evil she you know by 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 default she's not a, an entirely evil person she's she, she has the powers but she it's selective it's at a time it's what you have to do um yeah, that that was. It's really touching on that scale that it it does what it does. I I was really impressed by this film. I really was. I you know it the 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 lessons learned on both sides really bring something. Yeah, really yeah. Something. It, 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 I I cannot speak highly enough of it. It's one of those films that it, it's gonna stay with me a long, 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 long time. This one. Do you it's... know what I also thought was really impressive because there's a lot of vampire lore, and I might have missed it in another one. But let's play with the title when it talks about let the right one in. When it's That's like exactly what I wanted to go next to. Yeah. <laughs> that I was like, ah, so that's what ha- yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. What actually happens if they don't ask permission if they don't get permission to come in and just step in? Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. 
fucking wonderful. Wow. Because at first I was like, oh, did, did, did he actually say it? And then when you, I was like, ooh, ooh, yeah. Very, very, very well done. Yeah. Very well done. Beautifully played. What's your worst? Actually, no, <laughs> fuck you. What's my worst? Because it's me yeah. going first this week. Indeed. I'm torn between two. I oh, think there's one you mentioned to me, but I didn't get to see it, and I wasn't going to look for it just to make worse, put it that way. And then there was the obvious one. The obvious one, I assume, being Twilight. Do you know what? I actually gave Twilight a blight. Twilight okay. was my obvious one at first, and then I gave it a blight. Reason being, Twilight told me another side of vampires, and this is the truth. Twilight was going to make worse. When I first heard it, I was like, no, it sucks. Because I'm not familiar with that breed of vampire doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. And I thought, I'm going to now take it on, on another view. No, no, no. Do you know what? It's true. If I can talk to you about vampire in Brooklyn and a vampire being in freaking Bermuda Triangle, why can't these be out there? And apparently, I think another book references those kind of vampires. I don't know enough. But I was like, maybe I should give it another shot. Did I know? But I was like, maybe I need to approach it from a different angle. It's that weird because point. you know how much I love Robert Pattinson and I'm his uh, one of his big defenders when people are like, what, the sparkly vampire? It's like, it was 15 years ago. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> He's done a lot of work since then. But in this movie, no. <laughs> not for me. It's not for me, but I said I'd give it a shot. It was a toss-up between that and you might castrate me here because it's it's so loved and it's got the TV series that spun it off. But I rewatched it and I'm like, this is shit. It wasn't the greatest. I, 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 I appreciate that. And it's weird that it got the film. I know that even when I look back, because Sarah and Michelle Geller is Buffy. No offense to Christian Stewart. That, yeah, yeah, Christian Stewart. It wasn't Christian but, Stewart. It definitely wasn't Christian Stewart. Not Stewart. It's Christian something. Yeah, because Christian Stewart's Twilight Girl, isn't it? That's, yeah. I'm, I'm getting blank now. I can't remember. Christian, whoever. Apologies. Um, I'm going to, I can't vamp enough to search who it was. But. The show was very cheesy. It, you know, I mean, you got stuff like Team Wolf and that, and they tried to give it a little edge and a slight mix of Clueless meets Team Wolf, dare I call it. And you come up with this film, but I, uh, I know it's it. Really it's between Buffy and Twilight, I don't get at all. You know what? Do you know which one I went with in the Go end? On. Blade Trinity. I get it. I get it. I completely get it. I have never actually finished that film and i have given that multiple oh, really? <laughs> shots i have given it multiple shots and it hits me for so many reasons one being the wrestling fan triple h was in it and he was a dick in that i couldn't i just couldn't watch it ryan reynolds tried to be serious but still tried to be comedic didn't work wesley snipes just wasn't blade anymore then the biggest sin is that you well, it wasn't 18 anymore was it they made it like a 12 or a 15 or something it's just so stupid it and then the in Dracula, and there's this gameplay that just made it so stupid and i've just got to this point and i was like i, I, I honestly multiple times and <laughs> i have not been able to finish it and it was at that point i was like yeah you are my worst i get it it's fair. All stupidity you're like oh. yeah this is ridiculous, but you'll finish it and be like, oh, whatever. That was terrible. Blade. And I think it's because, put it this way. How good Blade is. Yeah, exactly. It started off at that. It ended on that. Whereas if you were to do Buffy, Buffy started with that, ended with, you know, it improved. Had you had a TV series and then ended with the film, you'd be like, screw you. Never. And probably would be worse. Mm. You took that, dare I say, not great film and turned it into an awesome TV series. Awesome's Still a big word, AJ. Huh? Well, awesome's awesome a big TV word. show. Or, yeah, awesome's a big word. 
No, no, no. It was, it was cool, man. Do you know what I mean? This is what I'm talking about. The people like you who all about like, oh, it's actually quite good. Is that? It's what, not. the TV show? Easy. The TV show? Yeah. Hold on. What are you talking? If you're talking about it in its time, it was freaking awesome. I never got on board with it, bro. I'm sorry. It took me a while and then I was hooked. I'm even more to the fact Angel was my TV show. That was a spin off that I didn't think would ever work for me. And I was like, this show is awesome. But no, <laughs> I'm one of them. Anyway, right. that's, that's where we go. Number okay. one, then. Um, your number one. Punt from your number four. I'm surprised your four was below your three, to be honest. But my number one is uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, do you know, bro? <sighs> There was something about the, uh, uh, the the time scale of Interview with a Vampire. That longevity gave me something. What mm. I love about Dracula, the film, Bram Stoker's one from 1992, is it's as close as to the source material of the book that you can get. It, oh, yeah. it, it gives it all the honouring and everything that you want from it is there. It, it's wonderful. Um, this is where I said earlier, um, we have to talk about Keanu Reeves acting. There was something about it when I was watching him try to be Jonathan Harker. I was like, Keanu, I, I, I saw I know where the bastard sleep. His English accent. Oh, bro. Do you know what it is? I think now I've, I've always known this about Keanu, but like certain roles work. Yeah. You can mm, see sure. it in Neo. It works. Even in the original, the first John Wick, you're like, it's, uh, yes, I guess I'm back in business. By the time we got to number three, when he's trying to give emotion and he's like, well, I guess that I just have to. And I'm like, bro, your acting's beginning to bug me. Like, I love you, but your act. And now when I'm seeing him in this one, I'm like, watching it again after taking that assumption, I'm like, yeah. And I'm not saying Keanu killed the film. He didn't. No. He, he, plays no. Part, he plays his part well. And it gives you everything. Do you know what I started to look at in a way? And I was just like, ugh. Do you know, it's like when he turns himself into the mist and then it became really greenish. And I was like, you didn't like that. No, no, I like it. But I think, do you know, in, in the, the sub base reality, I think if I saw a natural color, it was just certain hits that just got me slightly. Oh, when I tell oh, you what my no, number one is, you're going to be like, I'm afraid. I think for me, I'm a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to vampires. I love it when we can get sort of parallel tangential stuff like let the right one in like daybreakers like blade where we don't need dracula but for me and i love it when it gets it right but for me nothing tops vampirism with dracula and i think when you've got a director the caliber of francis well used to be the caliber of francis ford coppola um doing one of you know one of the most gothic if not the most gothic story of all time and yeah, Ke- Keanu was not the best with his English accent. Likewise, Winona Ryder. Um, Anthony Hopkins as Abraham Van Helsing was stellar. Um, Carrie Elwes was brilliant in this, I thought. So was Richard E. Grant. Um, and obviously, you know, fucking Gary Oldman playing Dracula. So acting-wise, I-, I love it top to bottom. So I it- love the way that they used the book and the, you know, the diary form of the book to lay over and keep the narrative ticking without it ever feeling like, you know, narration, which is very hard to get right for me in a film. They nailed it in this. They've done I it really well. Beautiful. I thought they managed to perfectly combine sort of scary, but sexy. I thought the fucking monsters in this, like the things Dracula turns into, like that wolf monster and that bat monster and the rats and all that. I was like, this film is so inherently fucking cool. 
I just, oh, I love it. I fucking love it. You know what I think was also part of my problem is I watched three Dracula movies back to back. Ah. 1938, Hammer Horror 1960 plus this one, yeah? 58, sorry. And then the yeah. 92. And then when you start to realise certain laws, so then one that did bug me when he met Renan It is Dracula. Let's just call it a spade Which one? Nosferatu. Well, but I didn't watch Nosferatu. Yeah, not in this one. As I said, that was years ago. This was the, um, oh, what's his name? The Hungarian actor? Oh, I've gone blank. But yeah, that one, initial one. Sorry, the Hungarian actor in what film? In the original, in the 1939 Dracula movie. Oh, mate, pass. That's a deep cut there. I can't pull that off the top of my head. Yeah, no, but um, yeah. So when I watched all of those, and then you start to see the lore of the, the guy who is in prison following that. So Richard E. Grant played it perfectly, but I was like, I needed more of a backstory as to how he became his servant. Like, there was just certain bits I felt were missing. And had I not watched it back to back to Richard know that... Richard didn't play the servant? Not Richard... Not the, the guy in the prison. Sorry, who was it? Renfield played... you're thinking of. Sorry, yeah, it wasn't Richard E. Grant. I'm going nuts here, but... Richard yeah, Renfield. Come again? Richard E. Grant was the doctor. That's the one. Sorry, I, I, I'm picturing them both in the in the, in the in the asylum. But yeah, the Renfield character, I was like, well, how did we get there? I just have this guy screaming master and servant. It was all these little ticks. Had I not watched the other ones to be like, well, I needed that. And then again, another thing that really played on me really hard was I saw Dracula during the day when he met Renona Ryder. And I was like, really? <laughs> that kind of played on me in a way. I was like, that, that shouldn't happen. Why? I was like, the sunlight kills them thing. Yeah. Like in, in my whole lore of it all, and especially if you watch the Hammer one, I'm like, whoa, whoa. And then again, watching them in order, I was like, what, what am I seeing here? And it was just little ticks. It, I mean, it's still an absolutely That's awesome film. Point. I never actually thought of that because they do insinuate, can he go out in the light or not? I mean, yeah, he can in this film. Mate, it's weird. Every vampire movie just, yeah, there's, Here's all of the vampire lore. They don't like silver. They don't like garlic. They don't like sunlight. Some of them they don't like specifically UV light, not just sunlight. They don't like a stake through the heart. They don't like the cross. Vampire movies basically just pick and mix. Yeah. And I just... All of them are guilty of that. That one just really played on me in a way that I was like, huh? It it really threw me off, especially watching it back now. I was like, no, 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 that shouldn't be right. And I've just literally seen, as we talked about, the almighty horror, the, the hammer horror ending. And I'm like, huh, you shouldn't be there. And I was like, there was no explanation that he can be. In. And then the rest of the time, he is mainly seen at night. And I'm, do you get what I'm saying? It was like that one yeah, yeah. scene just threw it off. But yeah, it's still an absolutely awesome film. Don't let my judgment like take it down. I, and that's it was just those certain bits that made me lean towards let um Interview. interview with the vampire more and then let the right one in it's just really blown me away hence why dracula had to take its fourth spot well i'm very curious as to what your one is then mate. so my number one is weird because it was mentioned to me but i had great fun with it and that's what it is so in a way of it being like the greatest vampire movie, I, but I, I was like this is actually awesome and it plays on all the laws fright night you're such a wanker really <laughs> I had awesome fun with it. I hadn't seen it before. And I was like, this is cool. You've seen it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I hadn't seen it before. But I was like, this is oh. No, honestly. People <laughs> might hate it. And nine, I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's no, fun. No, I get no, it. No, no. Fucking. Honestly, really? That's it's your favorite thing. vampire movie. Maybe it was something fresh, because it was something fresh. Yeah, the right one in was different, but it wasn't on all the aspects of vampire that I couldn't actually make it number one. I like the way they played with all the rules in this one. You can't, 
the, the light you weren't allowed to work with. I like the way that you had a TV star who doesn't believe in it, but knows all the rules who had to then be the savior of it all. The, the, the crosses, the cross only works with, <laughs> the cross only works with real faith. I just had real fun with it. And I was like, is it the greatest movie? I said it at the beginning. It's not, but I had Is the it most- your favorite vampire movie? At the moment, probably. <laughs> I just had a lot of fun with it. Man, had right, fun mate, with mate. It. Far, far be it for me to judge your opinion, but I completely disagree, but that's your list. It, you know, I, to put a vampire in modern time, like you have a guy who just, and he's into all of this stuff. He's a major fan of the whole vampire law and stuff just start to tick into his world that it's happening. And it's not, it's like, you know, trying to convince everyone that his actual neighbor is a vampire. I, mm. I was like, you know what? I had a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of fun with it in that eighties, that eighties chic that you had. <laughs> this one really hit the nail on the head in terms of true storytelling. Then yeah, you've done it right. But I felt that they played on all the laws correctly enough on this one and made it, mixed it into that reality and comedy in such a great way that it doesn't have to be your almighty chilling. If it was, I probably would have gone hammer, if I'm honest, for my number one. But okay. Again, I, I'm not hating on the Bram Stoker one. But I just, yeah, I it no, t- number four. I don't believe you are hating on it. Just because yeah. it's my one and your four, that's not hate. Yeah, there we go. But that's it. That is where we are at. Okay, it's Rushmore time. Let the right one in, I think, should be on there. For two reasons. One, it's all kinds of awesome. And two, I know it hasn't got the most attention. Edutainment-wise, it <laughs> definitely should be on there. Yeah. Okay, so that's there. We also... We also... I mean, Bram Stoker has to be. That would just be... All it does. Ones. We're being stupid. Come on. It, do you know what? As much as I want to play with all the others, and also Hammer has... Like, I know, if I had to pick one, it had to be that one, really. It's, it's the closest to the book as well. It's Big time. I am, I am so tall. Yeah, because you can't put two Draculas in. It just wouldn't work. Also, had questions, more questions, because I didn't get a chance to see it. Did you, there's a Spanish, excuse me, Spanish Dracula movie. Have you seen that one? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, no. Yeah, I heard it's meant to be awesome. Like, I think it's actually got like 100% on the rating, man, and I just couldn't find it. Right. So now we have Get two. Sangre. Come on. <laughs> venga, venga, venga. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, he made the list on both ones and it was the one that made it cool. Blade. Hmm. Yeah, I'll listen to Blade a lot. I'm. Personal choice, man. I love Blade. I fucking yeah, love I mean, it. It, it, was, it was the complete different perspective to vampire films wasn't it it was a different take completely we hadn't seen that kind of stuff and he just yeah again you take all the rules and you just text them as i said earlier you make it a tech type thing you know as you said the garlic with the nitrate all of these different bits it just makes it cool but now we have the almighty question once again because i know you're really gonna have an issue with fright night Uh, no 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 bro no stop the same way as when we were doing movies set in a day, I put Doctor Strange Love as my number one. I also firmly said it doesn't need to make the rush more. This is where I'm at as well. This is where I'm at. Now, this comes back to <laughs> this comes back to where you said you're gonna fight hard, right? <laughs> and you didn't, to be fair. <laughs> you, I, you haven't actually brought up the name, but it would be the last option because we haven't actually touched on comedy, and that would be what we do in the shadows. Shadows, right. Um, 
it, that's the only other way. Yeah, as I said, Fright Night didn't have to be. I just had that level of fun with it. I could work with what we do in the shadows because one, it's comedy. We don't have any comedy in there. We've got we've got international, we've got traditional, and we've got action and cool and the rest of it. Comedy we don't have. There, you know, this would be the one to do comedy. Actually, shocked. Um, Dead and loving it didn't make your list. Actually, if I'm honest, honorable. Honourable. <laughs> next year, my friend. Of course, of course. But yeah, so... Um, but, uh, there's also a part of me that thinks Nosferatu needs to be on there. Do you know my problem with it's that? Yeah? Fantastic. We you know my problem with that? It's, it's like me trying to fight for Hammer. But I would listen to it, but then there's the Dracula argument. Nosferatu, man, we wouldn't have vampire movies without this film. But then, at the cost of what? Do you get what I'm saying? If at we, the cost if of we... what we do in the shadows. Yeah, but then do you not? I mean, we are not. Maybe at the cost of Blade. Maybe at the cost of Blade. But no, what I'm saying that though is we have now literally got two tellings of the Dracula story. It's Count Orlock, actually. Yes, because copyright (laughs) infringement. (laughs) Change their name quick. (laughs) But we've said it any different. (laughs) What's fucked up is at the beginning of the movie, they even say, this is loosely based on Bram Stoker's <laughs> classic novel. It's like, there's no loosely here, my friend. This is a fucking scene-for-scene scene recreation. Loosely, loosely based on the name has changed. <laughs> loosely based. Loosely, my arse. It's a castle, but it's not Transylvania. <laughs> like, it's, it's just these weird parts of changes. Yeah. I, no, I get it. It's 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 the OG... But even to your credit, you mentioned how I remember it dragging. You said it dragged. Now, us doing that, put it this way. Do you remember what you said about those who claim it to be the game greatest? I don't want to call the Twitterverse a bunch of wankers who are like, oh, this is not it has to be number one. It has to be. No, I don't want that either. To be fair, that didn't come from the Twitterverse. That came from the Criticverse. No, no, no. But I don't want to see the Criticverse. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to see the Twitterverse become those who are like, "Oh, I know film. I am allowed to vote on cinema, and of course it has to be Nosferatu." There is no, you know, no. I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that winner out of that way. I really don't. And I'm very scared. There are certain things in there. The same way, um, if Shawshank ever makes a list, movie poll for you said it goes to number one. I have that feeling anyone who talks Nosferatu wants to show that their level of vampire how dare you try to say Bram Stoker when Nosferatu's on the list like fuck you like I, I just don't want that I don't want that yeah <laughs> I, I, I do believe what we do in the shadows I actually that. think what we do in the shadows won't get trounced believe it or not so let's go with it cool let's do that I know there's it's cultish but there's a lot of love out there for it yeah, yeah. So, do we good? Um, one, are we good? Yep, yep, we are indeed, ladies and gentlemen. The official movie Mount Rushmore of vampire movies in no particular order is. Oh, I am just going to ask you this very quickly. We are doing this over interview with the vampire, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure that we're both comfortable that we didn't oversee that. Yeah, okay. Dracula. Our second entry is... 
Let the right one in. I'm not going to try and do Swedish. Let the right one in. <laughs> you make it sound like the dude from Frozen. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, they are Scandi. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Our third entry is... Blade. Our final entry into the movie Mount Rushmore of vampire movies is what we do in the shadows that was more like bruno than the transylvanian accent <laughs> no no do you know what it is it's that when you try to do the new zealand the new zealand meets transylvania it is very difficult so hard. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking hard <laughs> i can yeah. do a kiwi accent all day bro hey man i like fush and chops you want to netflix and chill you know all that <laughs> You just turn your eyes in. You just turn your eyes into use, and you've got it basically. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but, yeah. Okay, guys. So, if you joined us for the very first time, bear with me one second. Let me finish this. Right. Okay. Sorry for that. Okay, guys. Now, if you heard us talk about the Twitterverse and me going onto a major ramble of me defending the Twitterverse and movie polls for you, and this is your first time, like, what are they on about? That is because us, the Silver Screen dudes, Nico and AJ, have come in and we have put together the quintessential four must-see vampire movies. However, it is now down to you, the Twitterverse, the screeners, to vote for the quintessential El Numero Uno of El Capitan of vampire movies so how do you do that you have to visit el Cap- surely not el capitan well played, <laughs> well played. any other week it works but yes <laughs> el count yes right so how do you do that you go over to at movie polls for you and you can also visit our the silver screen dudes page at movie mt rushmore and on those pages you will see a poll with each of those four films that have made the rushmore all you have to do is click the name of your favorite film and your vote counts to crown the ultimate vampire movie. There we are. Yep. And yeah, sorry, I forgot to say. And last week, our topic was just before we get into that, I did put a um a shout out, and I've got to you know recognize everyone because I promised a shout out here on Twitter. Um, I did ask away from we love movies at movie polls for you, just on our personal Twitter feed. I just put it yep. out. What's your favorite hashtag vampire movie? A lot of people came back. Let me just read out a few now. Um, Tastic at Tastic Film said vampire bloodlust, but there was a winky face, so I think that was a bit tongue-in-cheek. Cows <laughs> in the Field at Cows Pod said Bram Stoker's Dracula and was kind enough to share the rev- uh, their five-star review of Dracula on Letterboxd. Thank you for that, Cows in the Field. Rise Guide, um, our good old friends at Kensal Rise, said just <laughs> share a Sorry. Say, say that again i said big them up they know who the real um, batman is i'm not getting yeah. into that right now <laughs> anyway um, <laughs> speaking of the real batman though you actually it's funny you mentioned batman because all they shared was an image of george clooney from <laughs> from dust till dawn <laughs> couldn't have predicted that could not have predicted that also talking batman michael keaton has actually come out on record to say i have the best batman i saw that recently but anyway yes so Dust till dawn. Good shout, Rise Guide. Good shout. Mario Dingser, Silver Screen Black. At Mario Dingser, just put what we do in the shadows. At at Photofan9000, share the image of Oscar hugging um, 
uh, Ely in um, Let the Right One In. John Dunning um, shared an image of George A. Romero's Martin, which I can't say I've heard of. No. Our friends, we love movies, who are about to come on to, said nothing comes close to Let the Right One In. It's just a shame they tried a Hollywood remake. Yep, I echo that sentiment. Um, the Baron at The Man from Double D's shared an image of 30 Days of Night. Interesting setting, but it never resonated with me. Um, revolutionary at... Let me get your Twitter handle, sorry. Got to do my job properly. No, that would be us. Okay, for some reason that's only coming up as us. Really sorry, but at revolutionary at retro guy g something search it at retro guy g it'll come up just put twilight no just no <laughs> listen everyone's entitled to an opinion not that one passi vitala said uh blade and carpenters vampires is my secret favorite yes thank you for that one agreed um now there's one you won't agree with travis at underscore travis underscore walters uh shared a photo of Kiefer sutherland turning into a vampire so obviously the lost boys I don't get the phase. Not, it, yeah, it made your list, my friend, not mine. Yeah, but where it made the list. It was like, it was what It made the list. Friday. That's yeah, where Freaky that's... Friday should have been. <laughs> Are we good? I said that's where Freaky Friday should have been. Freaky Friday. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, uh, not Freaky Friday. <laughs> Friday. You know I mean. <laughs> um, right, okay. So going back to your question, our poll last week was the best movie set in... The UK. And our contenders were was close. Oof. Like, Oof. Holy fuck, this was close. The clear winner was only clear by about 7%. Wow. And wow. the points separating first and fourth. Holy shit, 11%. Damn. It's close, close. Like this is, I think, the closest one we had. But I get it because the contestants were Monty Python and the Holy Grail, an American Werewolf in London, Snatch, and Braveheart. I mean, that's a fucking Rushmore. <laughs> like we didn't make it easy for you all this week. Um, the comments at thebreakroom.me said, "Have to go Braveheart from the list," but there are many others I would probably choose before these. Children of Men probably number one for me. I don't get the fucking love for that film, but anyway. Rob Zombie's Lords of Angus said uh, Monty Python Holy Grail was fun, but the ending ruined it for me. I was like, really? Like the ending was great. It was kind of tongue in cheek on purpose. Francis Lalonde at Ballpark Francis said went with Holy Grail. Would mention the Wicker Man from 1973. Disclaimer. Uh, Frank Malfitano at Frank Malfitano. Uh, <laughs> photo. Uh, <laughs> I've got to show. It makes me laugh. <laughs> it's the famous Black Knight scene from the Holy Grail. You see it and you laugh. You, 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 you just have to, you have to. You can't help but laugh. AJ, your friend Chris Trengrove. Yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris. <laughs> Holy Grail's great, but Chris always has to come in with the shots on us. Holy Grail's great, but I take Clockwork Orange, Children of Men, Train Spotting, Attack the Block, my man Chris, Under the Skin, or Shaun of the Dead. No, 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 no. No, no really not. Just about like he take sure. all of those over any of your options. I'd take the full Monty. There you go, AJ. The Crying Game and Hunger over Braveheart, Snatch, and Werewolf. It's what? No. <laughs> and I, of course, I had to reply. 
And I, I said, Big Chris coming in with the big suggestions. You'll be happy to hear that nearly all of these suggestions made it into the actual podcast, other than Shaun of the Dead. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Chris came back with, not met many who viscerally dislike Sean. I love it. Well, Chris, welcome to this Movie Mount Rushmore podcast. It's a double thing here. Yes, happy to hear it. Maybe I'll actually give it a listen. But Big Chris, what if I told you I was five foot five? And I said, well, your personality makes you 10 feet tall, my friend. <laughs> and he says, cool, I'm actually six foot two, 200 plus pounds. So your description was actually appropriate. And I just gave him a thumbs up emoji. I love this guy, honestly. Honestly. <laughs> Officer Jimmy then came in with an interesting comment, said, Braveheart can suck my balls. And I said, seems you, and I, you've got to imagine me saying this with the title with T.T. Korg accent, yeah? Seems you and Braveheart have a very good, intimate relationship then. <laughs> he says, lol, that was actually an RLM reference, but in all seriousness, I really despise Braveheart as a film. I came back, said, we completely get it. It's ham-fisted. It's so inaccurate. Historically, it's scary. And yet... We do still get a good kick out of it, but completely understand the hate. He says, I don't fault anyone for enjoying it. And I said, my man, how refreshing to be able to amicably disagree with someone and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And he said, God damn right. <laughs> no, I, love that. Jimmy. No, I love that. And your hashtag is at, sorry, your at handle is at Dean 8-Bit. Good handle. Um, Louise Kalma at Louise Kalma 1. My favorite film set in the UK is Passport to Pimlico. And I, and I replied, Louise, maybe this poll isn't for you then. Um, Prentice, Prentice Weston, an American werewolf in London, just a pleb at John Pleb said, Braveheart is awful. The continuity errors alone, but Gibson's accent, lol. I came back, freedom. <laughs> Mike Matthews at, what's your at handle? At body parts. Okay. At body okay. part, technically Braveheart. Oh God. Yeah. I remember reading this comment. It's sorry. You'll have to spare me. It's a bit of a fucking whatever yawn no, no, comment, no, no. but at the same time it is, it is accurate, but it's like, mate, whatever. So he's come in with technically Braveheart wasn't set in the UK. It was set in Scotland 500 years before the UK was created. It's a good movie, but historically bollocks. And I was like, word for word, what we said in the podcast, I wasn't going to engage with the whole, it's Scotland, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but it was set in Scotland. Scotland is in the UK now. I'm not talking, oh, just, no. There are more important things to argue about. <laughs> Sean and Chris, this is a great Twitter handle. Listen to this one. At Dadnarok. You have my approval. He said, not shocked that Snatch... Oh. Ah, fuck it. He said, not shocked that Snatch is winning this fall winning this poll but it's but it is sneaky good now did it win or did he look at a point when it was winning there's that to fuck with your head aj robin kd midley twitter handle being at chipping expert said the holiday by a mile we love share and have been going to the white horse pub in the square for 40 years it was the there cameron diaz met jude law at christmas and i said the holiday eh well, fair play to you. Charming little movie, but sadly not on our poll. Um, <laughs> Psalm at Shane Nobart put this one with the two sweet, and it was the uh, the the werewolf transformation scene. David Bazibasnit shared a photo of Mel Gibson going, 
Welcome! Uh, people really commented on this week. It's nice. Ida Ho 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 said, Braveheart is probably the only best picture Oscar winner I couldn't sit through. Even the greatest show on earth was at least goofy fun. I was like, disagree, but that's fine. So we had in total 297 votes. Didn't quite get above the 300 again this week, but that's fine. 297 votes. Once again, the entries were Monty Python and the Holy Grail and American Werewolf in London, Snatch and Braveheart. AJ, over to you. What came forth? I'm just going to have to play it based on the lack of comments. Snatch. Yeah, 21%. Hurt as fuck, but fair enough. But I get it. Of course it I hurts. Get it. I, get I get it. it. No, 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 I get it. I just think it's a, it's one of those hidden gems of not understanding you British culture. You London culture. London culture, let me call it. Yeah, yeah. it's a different country up north. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's to me, it's it, yeah, there's something relatable about Snatch that makes it that beautiful movie. But yeah, it is what it is. Snatch had 21%. Coming in at number three with only 22% was... I'm going to go with something I think might... It might hurt Monty Python? No. Okay, I was basing it on comments. American Werewolf then. Nope. No, it was was Braveheart because there's a bit of hate in there as well in the comments. I should have thought of that. So Snatch got 21, Braveheart got 22. Uh, Movie that came in at number two got 25%. (laughs) You see how fucking tight it is. Yeah. (laughs) And that was... American Werewolf in London. Correct. And the movie, which cracked, just cracked 30% with 32%, in my opinion, the greatest comedy of all time is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Well played, well played. That was your number one. So yes, indeed. I even forgot to make my list. I don't know why I'm still a bit pissed with myself for that. But these stuff happen. We have our blank spots in life. Yes, congratulations <laughs> to the Monty Python crew. We treasure you as British gems that you are. All oh, yeah. You gentlemen, so yeah, yes, that, that is most definitely um, to be. It's really funny actually because after this, I actually went revisiting a lot of UK comedy. So I've been looking for stuff like on the buses, and I, you know, <laughs> yes, minister, yes, prime minister. I was just like, yeah, we've we've created some good stuff. In them. between us, oh, no, but bro, that's that's that. I was just like looking at the old school stuff that I'm like, yeah, these hidden gems that would have influenced what came later, you know. So hey, well, aren't stuff. Oliver, aren't Laurel and Hardy British? I believe you could be right, actually. But they're silent, so we wouldn't know. Still, but, um, though, like, we've had Laurel and... If I'm right, we've had Laurel and Hardy. Hold on, are they? Uh, fact check me no, on that. American. American comics. They're American, okay. Yeah. So I guess, I guess, you know, but we've had some good generations. You know, we've had the carry-on lot. We've had the Monty Python lot. We've had the Inbetweeners lot. We've had Austin Powers, although he was technically Canadian, but still a British British figure. Right. Indeed. Bear with me a second. I've messaged later. Um, right, so Rushmore's delivered. We've got, we've told you what won last week. Indeed. You guys, now that's it, guys. So, that is the one again. Once again, at Movie MT Rushmore and also at Movie Polls for you, do check those both out and do cast your vote. And again, guys, if you would like to see and find out more about the Silver Screen Dudes, do please check out at Silver Screen Dudes on Instagram and Facebook. Yes, there is a poll that we're trying to get completed. I'm going to have to remind people to vote on that one again. Um, as well as that, we do have at Movie MT Rushmore, where Nick is proudly controlling our page there, doing very well. I avoid it because I don't want, I can't guess the votes if I check the page. It doesn't work that way, guys. So <laughs> that's that. And yes, if you aren't a fan of Captain Orange, you will definitely appreciate that page. But I think that yeah. may have come down recently. But um, yeah, that that's that, guys. So that is what we do on the movie 
And of course, tell a friend to tell a friend. We aren't, there is no us without you. So that's that. Nico, would you like to let the screeners know of anything else they can catch us up to? Yes, we also have another podcast that airs every single Saturday, except this Saturday just gone because personal stuff. But yeah, so uh, pretty much every Saturday we air our Ministry of Wrestling podcast. It's shorter, it's tighter, it's more condensed than this show. It's about an hour long. We talk about all the latest news, gossip, and our pay-per-view predictions if there's any pay-per-views coming up. If you like wrestling, you'll like this podcast. Trust me, it's two idiots. From Britain, talking wrestling instead of talking movies. We are also in conjunction with the release of a certain Sony console that's less than a month away. (laughs) Doing gaming live streams. Now, full disclaimer on this, um, those will go up on our YouTube channel, obviously not on a podcast feed because that would be stupid. Um, But uh, we do not claim in the modern age to be great gamers. If you'd hit us back in the day and got us on GoldenEye, I'd fuck you up. You play me on Mario Kart 64, I'll fuck you up you play me on diddy kong racing i'll fuck you up you play me anything post ps2 and you're sort of under 15 you'll fuck me up so <laughs> be prepared if you're looking for like game reviews we're not going to be the place for you because we don't complete games within three days or less if you're looking for like game guides we're not for you because we're not good enough anymore but if you're looking for people getting really angry at how bad they are and reminiscing about how good they used to be and speaking stupid british stay tuned because the gaming oh, yeah. streams are coming that's the one that's the one guys so that that is what we're up to and of course if you need any reminder on everything just go to the main hub www.silverscreendudes.com so guys until the next time i am the one aj anthony jordan i'm nico Luro. see ya see ya